Billy Graham. The wonderful things about the Bible are the simple things. Everybody can understand John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can understand that, that God loves you, that Christ died for you, that you're a sinner, that you've broken God's laws, and in order to know God, in order to be sure you're going to heaven, you must believe and trust in his Son. Would you like to know God's Son, Jesus Christ? You can, and you can right now. Call 877-917-7729. Call anytime, 877-917-PRAY. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville. WAYL, St. Augustine. WATY, Folkestone, Georgia. Online at ilovethetruth.com. I'm Ruth Kramer with Mission Network News. Top U.S. and Israeli officials remain divided after a week of intense ceasefire negotiations aimed at pausing the Gaza war. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu calls Hamas's response to a ceasefire proposal delusional. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken cites room for compromise. Brother Isaac with Global Catalytic Ministries says the war is shaking spiritual foundations on both sides of the fence. Pray people will meet the one true God as they search for truth. And new Christians in India need God's word to help ground them in their faith. Regan Miller with Mission India shares about a young man named Ragid who grew up with doubts about his family's religion. As an adult, he rediscovered a scripture-based book that led him to talk with a church planter. He was captivated by the Gospel of Matthew and accepted Christ. Find your place in the story at missionnews.org. You've been listening to Mission Network News, a service of One Way Ministries. I'm Ruth Kramer. text there we go hey all right now we're broadcasting thank you praise the lord yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's weird that if you don't hear it coming through the this board then it's probably not going out but anyway welcome to Swar. that's how you know it's live craig you that's know right. uh, <laughs> hey we have craig henderson in today craig is in for uh brad and brad is out uh this week and so uh, appreciate craig being willing to to step up uh craig helps lead the uh, mandarin swat group and uh, has been a good brother for a while he's been on here he's no stranger so i'm glad he's on to discuss 
um, the uh, Messiah who's in control is what we're going to look at. But the elephant in the room is, uh, I don't know about you, Craig, but I know there were quite a few disappointed uh, people who wanted San Fran to win last night. Um, I, probably, I am one of them. I yeah. am one of them, yes. Did you uh, watch the game? Watch the whole thing. I, oh. I, it was unbelievable that it went into the fifth, possibly the sixth quarter. It, that would have been did. amazing, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Um, we, uh, I, I ended up not watching it. Lori and I uh, went with our small group, and we watched The Chosen uh, at the theaters. Awesome. Oh, yeah. uh, was episodes one, two, and three of season four, and uh, it was we were we had a private screening there was nobody else in there everybody was watching the super bowl so anyway we went to that and then we got out turned on the radio there's like a minute left and listened to the last minute and then the whole quarter and i kind of had a feeling that the chiefs were going to after kelsey caught that ball to get them back you know to where they were down there um it was it was kind of disappointing. I was just so tired of hearing about Taylor Swift and Kelsey that I was hoping <laughs> yeah, that yeah. it would go away. But <laughs> now you. it's going to be up. You know, I it, I don't know if you've kind of kept up. They have they actually have a new term, um, thanks to uh, Taylor Swift called chiefties. Have you heard that term? Uh, you know, no, I haven't. <laughs> Taylor Swift's uh, followers are called Swifties. Swifties. And now that she's dating, apparently, Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs tied in, uh, the Chief fans are called Chiefties because of that. That's kind of impact <laughs> she's had. And apparently, she was doing her tour thing and crossed nine time zones to get back for the game. I think she was in Japan. Yes. She had a, a, a tour stop in Japan and then flew straight back to uh, the west coast of, of America. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, uh, oh my gosh. So there were millions of people watched Taylor Swift watch the Super Bowl. Isn't that funny? Yeah. They, it, it was, well, of course, I, I will tell you, they, there weren't a lot of Swift shots uh on the in the first half mm-hmm. <laughs> when the uh, 49ers were moving the ball and got up 10 to nothing at one point and then it wasn't until late in the late in the second quarter when they scored before halftime that people they started flipping back up to her and wherever she was sitting it was like oh, well gosh. i know they just keep going there and going there that's yeah. why i didn't really want to watch it to be honest with you um but um i did uh you know, I always do you do you watch the commercials or do you like the commercials? I always, you know, people pay such a premium for oh the uh, commercials. Yes. That uh, I always like to do the top 10. They'll, they'll usually compile a list of top right, 10. Right. And last year they did one with Ben Affleck working at a Dunkin Donuts. Yes. And yeah. J-Lo went through and he was there and she's like, oh my gosh, he works here. So this year... They did one uh, where he said, I'm going to go to her place. And her, you know, his guy's friend said, don't do it. But so he went to do a rap in her studio where she was recording yeah. with uh, Tom Brady on the keyboards. And uh, Matt Damon was in it as well. It was it was really funny because it was for Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you they put out some bucks for that oh, yeah. to get those in there. But I thought that was good. But there was... Um, there was another um there was a he gets us 
uh, ad at the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's it's created a lot of controversy, and I I'm I'm really wading through that right now right. Um, mm-hmm. um, because I I am very guarded against man centered approaches and taking stuff and like. One of the things I I believe their intent is really good in what they want to do, but so was Alistair Begg's intent when he gave the counsel to the grandmother to attend mm-hmm. a gay wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with that, and I don't agree with some of the things they do in the he gets us. I understand the compassion, get right. the compassion, have no problem with compassion. Jesus was compassionate. Oh, yeah. He hung around people that were sinful, but he did not hang around people as they sinned. He told them, go sin no more. He would be around them, loving them, telling them, you're welcome to come in. He never affirmed anybody in their sinful state. Yeah, I think the thing that, um, you know, the, the challenge is the church has such a, uh, you know, if you're trying to reach unchurched people, um, to to get them, I think I, I for me, I think that those, those are trying to, to get people to at least be open to go listen as opposed to the way they are, the church is being portrayed in the media. Yes. Well, and and I get that. I, and you know, and that's something that, that uh, Brad and I've talked a little bit about um, in the, in the past, we, we've kind of alluded to it again. I understand their intent, but you know, when, what they, what I believe they were trying to communicate is we we need to let people see that we we are loving but you cannot separate love from truth because love without truth isn't i'm not love. yeah absolutely I you don't know disagree with that. and 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 i i believe that there is a growing sentiment in our country that 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 love can be defined without truth i, I actually heard a very very good um speaker um, talk about the the truth in the context of love, and this was um, someone who was is a is a believer and follower of Jesus, and uh, and actually talked about the fact that um, that this this person said confessed in front of a crowd of people saying I actually am drawn to people that are the same sex I am. Uh-huh. However, the love that Jesus talks about is different than that kind of love yes the love that jesus talks about is giving of yourself completely to your lord and savior yes first and foremost yes and he said because because of that you know i am married to a person of a different sex we have three kids and and for for me that's i see jesus calling me to love that way Mm-hmm. different than what my you know my i may think i am drawn to yes. because that's biblical love is giving up of yourself well to he, love somebody here's the thing that was interesting about the ad itself it has drawn fire from both sides of the mm-hmm. the ideals right i mean yeah. like you, you've got people that um were upset that um people would spend millions of dollars on a Super Bowl ad, um, you know, to, to get it out there and then just make it be about one aspect without giving the gospel out there. Right. Right. Um, and then you got other people that are saying, well, 
you know, that's not even the context of washing feet. Washing feet was for his guys. He was telling them about serving. You you serve one another, right. you know. Um, and oh, so yeah. I, so there, there, there's just a lot of controversy. I'm sure Al Mohler will weigh in on it. I'm sure that um, um, some of the other what I call evangelical leaders out in the world, they'll, they'll weigh in on it. It'd be interesting to see what um some of the responses are i again i'm kind of i'm wading through it think i i i get really concerned though when we become pragmatic or we become human centered when we instead of the sovereignty of god and it you know if you and i live out the christian faith in our life we live out a relationship with god in our neighborhoods in our workplace where right. we are then we will encounter people that we have a chance to witness to through the overflow of our own love relationship with God. And, and you don't have to try to figure out how to win somebody. You just be a witness. You let him win those who he's going to win. That's exactly right. You know, I mean, you know, in our culture today, there's so much, um, there's, there's so much, I'm trying to think of right. We're, 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 we're just completely on opposite sides of every fence. You know, yes. there's my opinion, your opinion stuff. And so the, the, the opportunity as a believer to be different than what our culture teaches is, mm. is, um, you know, in how we treat people, you know, how mm. we address them yeah. and, and, you know, is a way of, of really kind of showing Christ's love, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause it's, it's tough. It's tough. Everybody wants to be on one side or the other. Well, you know? he, here's the thing, for, at least from, and, and then we got a caller we'll get to. We okay. got just a couple of minutes. Okay. But one of the things is that we are supposed to point people to Jesus, That's not tell right. people how he gets us, but point them to him, right? To the truth about him. Hey, James, uh, welcome to SWAT Radio. How are you? Hey, I'm doing terrific. Uh, great show as usual. And, uh, my here's my question and here's my predicament um as a believer a strong believer i think that our shepherds our our leaders in the churches uh are supposed to be the watchmen on the wall yes sir and they're supposed to speak the truth and they're supposed to point us to the truth and uh walk with us in the truth even though there may be some uncomfortable things that uh you know kind of they don't seem worldly a pastor made a comment to me about dating and he said there's no such thing as missionary dating you can't date somebody who's a non-believer and have promiscuous you know um consenting sex and and call yourself a, a believer and in, in firmly footed in the faith yes sir. um and as you go down through the bible we can't pick and choose so here's my here's my question with it the pastors and the leaders the preachers and the teachers that have the ear of their flocks my concern is if I'm preaching and teaching and walking in the truth, how can I then, without picking sides, say that I am definitely uh, a believer that Jesus was pro-choice? I am definitely a believer that there is right and there's wrong, good and there's bad. If I call out and see evil, don't I run the risk in my congregation of kind of um, endorsing one or another candidate? 
if the sheriff's department and the chief of police department hey james listen hey james can you hang on through the break because we got to go to break but we're going to be right back and i want to i want to i want to and i do have a question okay (laughs) all right all right so hang on hey you're listening to swat radio we'll be right back with james uh, and uh, his question and more of swat radio stay tuned This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network. Listen online at ilovethetruth.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It is Monday, February 12th. By the way, if you're listening and you're a guy out there, I know, you know, celebrating these these pagan holidays are usually not something we do. But if everybody else's wife has something on Valentine's Day and yours doesn't, might not be the best thing. So uh, you might want to just get her something a piece of chocolate a, a rose a flower or something just just a heads up it's coming up on wednesday hey james welcome back to swat radio so glad you uh could join us i didn't ask you are, are you calling from jacksonville or are you in virginia or mississippi yeah. or, okay jacksonville good yeah. all right so um we were we were just talking and you were talking about leaders but you you said you had a question what's your question here's my question 
my question is, if I know that something is wrong um, out there, wouldn't it be my responsibility to sound the alarm and to warn my flock? And um, that, again, without I understand that we've got to have nickels and noses and pews have to be full and all that sort of thing. But if there's a problem, whether it's a local community problem, whether it's a county problem, a state problem, or a country problem, um, you know, if, if we humble ourselves and fall on our knees mm-hmm. and pray to the Lord to heal our land, I think he's expecting that from us, to, to humbly cl- uh, cry out to him and ask for his healing in that land. But I also think he's asking us to act. Mm-hmm. The book of Acts is, is calling people to action. So if I see a problem, wouldn't I locally want to shine a light on that and say, hey, we should really address this? If I don't think that biological boys should share a biological girl's bathroom in a local school, shouldn't I go to a school board meeting and say so? And shouldn't I um, help from a godly perspective how we can do that and still love our brothers and sisters? I mean, I'm a cancer survivor, and um, I would no sooner invite cancer back into my body as I would, you know, run in front of a bus. Mm -hmm. And I can speak to that. And I can tell you that when I go to sleep at night, my doors are locked. For our leadership to open the doors for the front and back and sides and up and down of our country and to let people come into this country illegally with no accountability and then to tell our law enforcement, the association of sheriffs for the entire country and the police chiefs of the entire country that I don't will not give you an audience. We have a problem. Well, Houston, we can't fix Washington, but from a local level, our pastors, I think, are responsible If we go back in time and look at what the pastors did, well, forget the pastors for a second. Let's think about what happened in countries that turned their back on the Lord. Biblically, you can tell, you can speak it to me and you can speak it to our audience and you know the truth and how people kind of went, they were led astray Mm -hmm. and they had a lot of, uh, they had a lot of distractions biblically. Mm -hmm. Well, we've had a lot of distractions throughout history that we can point to. One of the distractions in Nazi Germany was Hitler got elected. Mm-hmm. He got elected. Well, he got elected because part of the church was silent, part of the church, a very small sliver, was vocal, and part of the church was complacent. So my concern as a believer, and over the course of my 30-plus years marriage, I've been in three churches. And one of the biggest things that concerns me about pastors, big and small churches, is the number one person or group of people that are mentioned in line to the fiery, uh, fiery pot sulfur springs and not the one in Arkansas are the cowardly. So where are our brave watchmen on the wall saying, guys, I don't care what political party you're from or this or that, but when there's a problem that's going to affect my flock, I feel led to. In fact, I feel commanded to speak boldly. There's a lot of talk about, you know, stand strong in the word. My strength comes from the Lord. Let's be courageous. Let's do this. Well, where's the outrage for the people that have the microphones, the Billy Grahams nowadays to say, this may be unpopular, but I may lose 30% of my congregation, but I can't be silent because I'm going to answer to him, well, to Jesus. Well, you, you bring up a, a, a... Uh, quite a few issues okay and one am I, but i'm am i wrong no, am i wrong well let, let's let's just kind of look at some of these issues as, as quickly as we can one issue yeah, you're please. talking about 
is Christian involvement or church involvement in what I would call social issues or cultural issues, how they affect your community. That's one issue. Another issue mm-hmm. that I'm hearing you talk about is your shepherds being involved in it as leading your body to be involved. That's a different issue that I'm hearing from you as you talk about. It. So let's let's talk just a little bit about the social involvement. We live in a country that we have freedom to participate in our form of government, both at a local, state, and national level. So one way we can get involved is to run for office. Another way we can get involved is we can have nonprofits that that specifically go and address issues. Like, for instance, um, it used to be called the crisis pregnancy centers. Now they're called other things. But the bottom line is they saw a need in the community, and they said, we are going to go out and help show young women a baby inside the womb and try to help them understand they are taking a life. There's a live human in them and we want to provide counseling services and other things. So that they got involved by that way. I personally have gone and spoken at a city council meeting. I personally have been involved in speaking at a school board meeting. So there's nothing wrong with going to exercise your right as a citizen in the community to do that. But we do so understanding that even when we take those steps, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So ultimately, my greatest responsibility is to be a kingdom servant representing him uh, as an ambassador to the people around me. Now, I'm also to be a good citizen. I mean, Romans 13 says we submit to our governing authorities. As long as that authority is not telling me to do something that the Bible tells me I shouldn't do, or it's telling me I can't do something that the Bible's telling me I should do. Those are the only two examples where I would violate that. But um, if we look at Jesus, he lived, man, I mean, Rome, during the time he lived, it was one of the most corrupt societies ever. And like he, he was constantly having to remind people about his kingdom because in that culture, they didn't have a right to go self-represent necessarily. They, he did exercise rights that he had, and so did Paul. So I think those are that's one issue. Now, the other issue is pastors. And, um, and for instance, I was thinking even like about The Chosen. I mentioned The Chosen earlier. There are some guys that I love dearly, that I respect dearly, that don't think that, Christians should watch that movie series or that television series. Those are convictions of those men. And the Bible is very clear that you may have one conviction that one day is more special than another. You may feel conviction that you're not supposed to eat a particular meat, at least in that time period. There may be things that you feel convicted of. Maybe you feel convicted that it's wrong to drink alcohol. That is not a biblical prohibition. It is a it is a conviction of somebody. So with those mm-hmm. convictions, um, then some pastors may feel that their highest priority is to preach the truth of God's word to their flock, and that would be a hindrance. I'm not speaking for your pastor. I don't know him, but I'm just saying some pastors feel like their highest priority is 
not to take the time to go to a board meeting or to a you know a, a city council meeting um i'm not saying that they shouldn't i mean that's between them and god but if you go to timothy and go to first timothy and look at what it says about pastors and elders they need to be above reproach they need to have uh, be faithful to their wife they need to be temperate uh they need to be um not violent uh but gentle they need to be not quarrelsome uh there, there's a laundry list there and and so yeah. if if your pastor is violating those things i think you have a valid reason to go in there but to go to him and say you know what i think you ought to do this you can go to him and say hey listen i i would love to represent us can i have your blessing because i have found a lot of pastors they want people to step up in the body and lead because they feel their primary task is to feed the flock the word of god and to shepherd and that's a, those are two big responsibilities to shepherd the flock with people dying people sick people having uh, family issues they're trying to help so does that make sense yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense and i, I appreciate you addressing it yeah well thank you james for calling always appreciate listeners calling in it's a good question you know and um i i, I think it's something I, I let me just encourage you if you're listening to, to out there pray for your pastors listen it is Amen. a very very difficult job in this culture because they they they're human like we are and what we saw with alistair Begg, he's he's such a a faithful man over the last 30 years of proclaiming and in one moment now uh, has cost him a lot and and you don't throw away the truth he's preached because of that and i i still believe he was wrong in that council but he's still a guy who loves god and he's still a guy who loves his word but he's human and if it did nothing else it it revealed the the humanness that we all have and we can't put any pastor on too high a pedestal any communicator and unfortunately we live in a culture that does that a lot yeah uh and so but thanks james appreciate your calling and uh guys we are about to go to our break for the news on the half hour and i promise when we come back we will be in mark chapter 3 verses 7 through 21 and we're gonna look at a god uh who reveals his messiah that's in control because god's in control messiah was god he was the son of god he's in control and we're going to look at uh, mark chapter 3 and and kind of look at how jesus uh, withdrew from the religious professionals to start going to the regular people with his message of hope and redemption we'll be right back after the news stay tuned for more swat radio With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Heavy snowfall will spread over parts of the Northeast starting late Monday and into Tuesday. Some areas expected to get up to two inches of snow an hour. The band of heaviest snow will fall from northern New Jersey to southern New England. Cities like Boston likely to receive a foot of snow or more. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu says the city is preparing. She spoke to WCVB. While this is more snow than we've had this season, 
Our teams are ready to make sure that all of our residents make it through the pending storm safely. Currently, we have 38,000 tons of salt ready to go, and our Public Works Department is going to be out there to treat the roads ahead of any snow. And in the southwest, a winter storm advisory has been issued for eastern New Mexico, including the city of Roswell, which got its first notable snowfall of the season. Also at SRNews.com, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in the hospital again, following symptoms pointing to an emergency bladder issue. Military analyst, retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis says Austin must be 100% healthy at all times in order to carry out his duties as defense secretary. If his head is in in the game totally, 24-7, then, you know, the United States is less safe. McGinnis tells the Salem Radio Network, now is the time for Austin to step down. They need a a strong secretary in there uh, that has the confidence of the administration and the Congress uh, to do the job. Austin, diagnosed with prostate cancer in December, continues to deal with complications from his treatment. Authority has been transferred to Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks. The Dow had 195 points, but the NASDAQ is down a dozen. This is SRN News. Some things can be challenging for us to understand. So there's a train from Cleveland traveling 98 miles an hour and a truck from Tuscaloosa. But knowing God personally, not so much. Billy Graham. The wonderful things about the Bible are the simple things. Everybody can understand John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can understand that, that God loves you, that Christ died for you, that you're a sinner, that you've broken God's laws, and in order to know God, in order to be sure you're going to heaven, you must believe and trust in His Son. Would you like to know God's Son, Jesus Christ? You can, and you can right now. Call 877-917-7729. Call anytime. 877-917-PRAY. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. No active accidents, but there is a broken down vehicle on the East Beltway 295 southbound in the express lane at Butler Boulevard. Also, there's a disabled vehicle on the West Beltway 295 southbound at the Buckman Bridge. Cloudy with showers and thunderstorms tonight, low 53 Tuesday, sunny and breezy, high 65. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Again, thanks, James, for the call. Certainly appreciate that call. Great question. And uh, I know we went a little over, but I that that was a question worth spending a little time on um, to talk about, and I really appreciate it. It was a good question. But we are in Mark Chapter 3, and uh, we've been working through Mark since last September, and Mark's gospel is 
widely accepted as the first gospel that was written, and it was written from Peter's account of Jesus' life to encourage Christians over in Rome who were being persecuted. And in the very first verse, Mark starts off with this phrase, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And the word gospel there is euangelion. That word was very rich in meaning, and it was a secular term that meant something vastly different than what we hear today. When we hear gospel, we hear good we hear good news, same word translated in different uh, translations. But the euangelion is the Greek word. It means when a king is crowned, a new king is crowned, when a new king is coronated, or when a king has won a great military victory. All three of those apply to Jesus. The writers knew what they were doing. And in Mark, he just unfolds uh, why Jesus is the king. And it's about his rule and reign that he proclaimed that message. Jesus himself said the kingdom is here, and he proclaimed the euangelion of God of himself and he called people to repent. He called people to believe and to follow. And we've been working at the end of chapter one. We saw him heal a leper. And a leper, that there had never been a Jewish leper healed that we know of or documented. And it was said that when Messiah comes, one would be healed. They had a court of lepers in the temple over there for that very purpose. So when Jesus healed him, he said, hey, go to the priest, show him. Do what Moses said. And so that was the end of chapter 1. And uh, then um, in chapter 2, we saw Jesus heal a paralytic. And this guy was paralyzed, and his friends brought him to Jesus. And Jesus did something very strange when they brought him in to be healed. He just looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven. And when he said that, the people around him, because people had heard that he had healed a leper and there were religious leaders and they go, wait, who is this guy that he can forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. And he says, so you know, I have the authority rise, take up your bed and walk. So he healed a paralytic. And then we see him call Matthew or Levi at the time. And Matthew was a picture of both the leper and the paralytic. Mm. Matthew was a guy who was leprosy was always a uh, an analogy for sin it was a picture of sin it, it, it's more than just the surface it, it's a systemic issue and so it had been used of sin like leprosy it was an illustration of sin and then the paralytic was a guy who could not get to jesus on his own there was no way he could do it he had to have help and so when Jesus is walking down by the water, Matthew's not down there listening to him. He's not seeking him. He's sitting at the tax booth, which shows that Jesus went and approached him. He, did, he wasn't even seeking Jesus. And, and so he went and got him and called him to follow. And so when he did that, that really threw the religious leaders into a tissy because he invited all his friends to come meet Jesus, and other tax collectors and sinful people started following him. So the Pharisees were getting really irate, 
And what happens is they start following Jesus. Uh, we know Jesus goes down to Jerusalem for a feast. He heals a guy who was lame down there on the Sabbath, creating a stir. They follow him back. They're walking with him and his disciples through a grain field. And, and the disciples are picking grain and eating it. And he accuses, the, the religious leaders accuse Jesus' followers of violating the Sabbath, of working. They accused them of working because they had set these fences around God's law. And here's what's really going on. The Pharisees are becoming center stage, moving Jesus toward the cross here. And they, they began taking the scriptures out of the hands of the people, and, and they were the ultimate determiners of truth. And they colluded with the Herodians to destroy Jesus. And so that's what's going on. Uh, Jesus healed this guy with a withered hand and and first part of Mark 3. And at the end of it all, we see the Herodians start, who represented like a political group and, and the religious leaders plotting to destroy Jesus. Well, this week we see Jesus withdraw from these religious people, the, re, the religious professionals, and go to the regular people. And he calls and enables 12 ordinary men to be his representatives to take the message to the world and you and i are here on a radio program craig two thousand plus years later because of the ministry of these 12 men isn't That's that right. amazing yeah I, i've I heard somebody talk about the fact that you know like when jesus feeds five thousand, you know the normal like the current culture would say great you know grab the five thousand, get them to follow you he went and he invested in those 12 guys he asked those 12 so and we're going to see men. that because here's the thing about jesus he was a messiah who was always in control i mean he was yep. never he was always two steps ahead of the religious leaders who hated him and so in this text today uh actually this week uh, not today but this week we're gonna we're gonna see four things about this messiah one that his works confirm his deity the works that he does will actually confirm his deity. Second, we're going to see his word control his revelation. His word being his authority, his you know, he he controlled when and how people heard about him. Mm-hmm. He always does. And then third, we're going to see a Messiah whose will chooses his disciples. They didn't choose him. He chose them. They didn't earn it. He said, no, you're going to be mine, and I want you to follow me. And then the fourth thing we're going to see is a Messiah whose ways confound his family. We're going to see how they they just think he's crazy. Uh, they think he's lost his mind. So we're going to look at these things uh, today. I'll have you read the text. In fact, why don't you go ahead and read verses 7 through 10, and we'll just get started with this first, his works confirming his deity, okay? Okay. Uh, Mark chapter 3, starting with verse 7. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed him from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and beyond the Jordan and from all around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him, and he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd lest they crush him. For he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. These are the words of God that he read right out of Mark. 
Thanks chapter be to three, God. verses seven to ten. And in verse seven, Mark, uh, Craig just read, Jesus withdrew with his disciples. And it, you got to understand, people are coming from all over the country. And, and Jesus is moving from the leaders to the sheep because the sheep were like sheep without a shepherd. The leaders were supposed to be helping them, feeding them, caring for them. And uh, it says great crowd. Some estimates believe these, these were in the thousands of people. And, you know, certainly even today that would be a lot. But back then to have a thousand people crowding around you, something big is going on, right? And so they came from Galilee, which was up in the north, Judea in the south, um, Jerusalem, the capital, uh, the Idumea was a mix of Canaanite people and the mm-hmm. Hebrews down there and then beyond the Jordan and then Tyre and Sidon, which was a Gentile area. And it says they heard all that he was doing. People were talking about all the miracles. And and they said, um, he told his disciples, have a boat ready because these people are moving in. They're going to crush me and, and they'll crush us, right? And so uh, verse 10 says he had healed many and all who had diseases pressed around him. You know, Craig, in every culture, people are reaching out for someone to tell them why they're here, uh, why things are the way they are, and how we can do things right, how we things can be made right. People want healing. They, they, you know, in every culture, that they they turned everything from tarot cards to palm readers to philosophers to medicine men, witch doctors, uh, and they try to figure out how to be right with God or deity, and they want to know God's will and purpose. And God warned His people: there's only one source of truth. And when we come back, I'm going to have you read this. We got to go to our last break in Deuteronomy 13, one through five. And Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14, he gives two warnings there, and I I think it's instructive. So we'll be right back, and I'm going to have Craig read from Deuteronomy 13 and Deuteronomy 18, and uh, we're going to look at what God says about seeking truth outside of him. Stay tuned to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, heard in Amelia Island at 91.3. 
They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with my good brother Craig Henderson from the Mandarin SWAT Group. He's in today. And uh, hey, just want to give a shout out to uh, all our listeners who are in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMOX or WMER, and those listening on the Lighthouse up in Virginia. And here on The Truth in Jacksonville, in St. Augustine, and up in Folkestone, Georgia. And all those listening through the SWAT Radio website or the uh, SWAT Radio app, thank you so much for listening. Well, I, before we went to break, I, I said I was going to have Craig read Deuteronomy 13. This is a significant passage. as it, You know, a lot of people talk about, well, I saw this happen. It really happened. This people did a great sign you know, where they did this miracle. Well, listen to what God warned Israel about in Deuteronomy 13. Deuteronomy 13, starting with verse 1. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams for the Lord, your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul, Mm. you shall walk after the Lord, your God and fear him and keep his commands and obey his voice. And you shall serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of slavery Hmm. to make you leave the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. Mm -hmm. So you shall purge the evil from your midst, the word of the Lord. Yes, this is the word of the Lord. And what he's saying is, even if these people do a miracle in front of you, if they cause you to go away from him, and in our case, his word, his word is truth. Yeah. So if somebody does some miraculous thing and they're trying to get you to go away from him, his word, his truth, you, you disregard them. Uh, turn over to Deuteronomy 18, Craig, and, and read Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14. Very similar, but it precedes something Moses, um, uh, God says to Moses, okay? Starting in verse 9, it says, When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. There shall, be, there shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer, a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a neocromancer or one who inquires of the dead 
whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations, which you are about to, to dispossess, listen to fortune tellers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God shall not allow you to do this. The word of the Lord. Yes, is the word of the Lord. And, it, and, and basically Moses was God's representative to the people. He went to God on behalf of the people. He told the people who God was, what God expected, and how to live in a right relationship with God. And, um, you know, not to go back to this um, campaign to get he gets us, but one of the struggles I personally have is in our culture, people have a problem when his followers talk about judgment, talk about sin, talk about objective truth, um, objective morality, the authority of God's word. You, you Those things are deemed harmful. They are deemed hateful. They are deemed unloving, especially as it relates to gender identity, oh. to uh, sexuality, and, and people are even accused of harming others. And so even one of the guys who helped craft that campaign says, we, we want to give a different picture of Jesus than those who uh, harm and divide people. Well, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Mm-hmm. If you're not walking with him, it, his word is going to divide. But the issue is, Am I dividing? Is it my personality? Is it my, we should be merciful and compassionate and loving, but we never deviate from truth. Correct. And, and, and so what was going on with God's people here, God's warning Moses to tell his people, tell them they don't seek truth apart from me. When you try to go for truth apart from God's word. And so in Deuteronomy 18, 15, he says, someday I'm going to raise up someone like you, Moses, but he will be the Messiah. He will be the mediator. He will be called the word logos. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And you will listen to him. That's what he says. In verse 15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, this is Moses, from among you, from your brothers. Is it is it it is to him you shall listen. And what did God say to the disciples up on the Mount of Transfiguration? This is my beloved son whom I love. Well, well listen please. to him. That's right. Listen. The question is, are we listening? The leper, the paralytic the casting out of the demons, all the healings, his works, they all authenticated his deity. His works confirm his deity. This is the son of God. Mark 1 says it in the euangelion of the Jesus, the son of God. Isaiah prophecies fulfilled in verses 2 and 3 of Mark 1. John the Baptist testified, this is the lamb of God. God himself testified in verse 10 of chapter 1 and 11 when he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased after the baptism. He showed it with his power over Satan. Um, He himself preached the euangelion, which was only used of kings and royalty, and he had authority over demons. But even in chapter 2, he said, I'm Lord of 
the Sabbath, which means he's saying, I'm God. I'm God, yeah. I forgive your sins. He told the paralytic, I'm God. And so his works confirm that he's a Messiah who God revealed all these truths about him through his works, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so. yeah. And I think that's what, uh, and, and you know, it's interesting, he, he came to heal souls, mm-hmm. but because of his compassion, he healed bodies. Mm-hmm. But that certainly wasn't his primary purpose, right? Mm-hmm. I think you've talked about that, that he really did came, he came to transform our hearts mm-hmm. and the people got all caught up in all these, you know, the, the, the things he could do for me, mm-hmm. like fix my hands or my paralyzed, paralyzed and stuff. And yet his real goal is to change our hearts. Yes, it is. And, you know, I, I, I love there, there is a, there's kind of a, a thing in scripture where you see God's sovereignty and you see our responsibility, right? Yeah. You see God saying it's by God's calling and his choosing, but it also says that we have to respond to that. And um, in the same way, it says whoever, John three sixteen, whoever believes, right? Whoever believes, it, it says it again in the text we're going to look at this week and um, the rest of chapter three, there's a whoever in there. But Jesus also told a parable, and he told a parable about when his his originally invited guest refused to come, he invited others. The banquet. But when people came, some of them didn't have on the white right wedding clothes, mm-hmm. and and those people, Jesus wasn't inclusive then, because he said you need to get out. He, the the story he told was illustrative of that the fact that Jesus is out there the message is for everybody but not everybody's going to respond that's right and you that's can't right. come to Jesus on your terms you come on his, his terms. terms that's right you have to so there's an exclusivity there he said i'm the way the truth and the life no, no one. one comes to the father except through me you don't go through buddha you don't go through muhammad you don't go through confucius you don't go through good works you don't go through a church you don't go through your actions you go through jesus and jesus alone strictly a personal relationship with jesus the christ yes um you know jesus invited everybody to hear the message yeah right that's right he did. Uh, and so. Um, but he knew that not everybody was going to accept it. Yeah. Uh, you know, narrow is the gate. Yeah. And wide is the path that leads to destruction. Yeah. I, 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 I just, as I read these texts that we're working through in Mark, Mark has been so rich to, to remind me that we serve a great God who sent a great Messiah to do a great work and and we're going to get into um his word controlling his revelation tomorrow along with his will choosing his disciples those two things together we really struggle with because we don't like the idea that we're not in control yeah giving up my ways yes and so we're we're gonna we're get into that tomorrow and uh craig i really appreciate you coming in today any final thoughts on uh his works confirming his deity or anything we've talked about 
Well, I think the um, I think the point that you were just talking about here a second ago is that you know that that what we get to read in 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 the book of Mark and talk about is is about um, you know we look at the Pharisees or other people. In fact, and, and many of those are just like us in so many ways. We want to see things our way. We want to do things our way. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is just like if he's showing us the eternal way. And so often we don't want to do that because it may be uncomfortable for us. We may not feel like we're at, we feel like we're out of control. And yet when we, when we surrender fully and it's that full surrender, that then we give God the chance to really lead us through this. And that, and that the, and that been our issue from the garden though? Absolutely. Is we want to do things our own way. Wasn't that the problem with Israel? They wanted 